And so I want to talk to you about resting. Everybody say rest in Jesus. Now, the, let me talk about the definition. The definition of rest is to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. Let me say that again. The definition of rest is to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, oneself or recover strength. So if you don't rest, you're not strong. If you don't rest, you won't be effective. We're not getting the best from you. You're not able to be the best mother, the best father, the best businessman, best pastor, best preacher. If you do not, if you do not know how to rest, you are not giving your best. And so rest is important. It's not a choice, it's mandatory. Because we don't want, the world does not want your worst. They deserve your best. And so we, we have to learn how to rest. You know, if, when we don't rest in the Lord, we end up doing things to hurt ourselves. And we think we're being godly and we think we're doing it right, but you're not. Resting will, will change your life. In every area. And I want to talk about resting in the Lord. Let's go into the scripture. In Hebrews chapter 4, beginning verse 1, it says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest. Everybody say, his rest. Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was, was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Verse 3. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, again he designated a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Tell you never, don't, don't harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. And so rest is a promise from God. There is a promise of rest in Jesus. It's a promise. Just like the scripture says that he who was rich became poor so that we might become rich. Why did they add the might? Why did they say so that we are rich? Why is it a might? And the reason why it's a might is because it has to be mixed with faith. You can hear the word over and over and over, but unless you mix it with faith, it's just a document. It's just words on a paper. 
For one person, it's just a story or it's just a, words on a document. For another, it's life. It's everything. So you got to mix the word of God with faith. And here the word of God says that there is a rest that's available for every believer through Jesus Christ. And it's not a rest that, you know, you go to sleep and you wake up. It's a rest where there's no more stress, no more fear, no more anxiety, no more pressure. It is a complete rest in Jesus Christ. I want to talk more about this because we're going to go a little deeper in the things of God because I believe every single one of you should be able to say to the Lord, yes, Lord, I'm ready to do what you tell me to do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have, having a mindset of, of victory and of strength instead of like, oh, no, Lord, I don't know if I'm able to do that. Oh, man, not, a, not again. It shouldn't be like that. Especially when it comes to the things of God. It should be such an excitement. You should have such an excitement to, to come in fellowship with the, bro, with the brothers and sisters in Christ. You should have such an excitement to come to church. You should have such excitement to serve the Lord. You should wake up every day excited about that day. Praise the Lord. I get to serve God again today. Hallelujah. I get to work for God. There should be an excitement. Not, not a pressure, not a, not a mental toil, not something that's like, man, I got to, not again. I want to talk a lot about that. So there's a promise of rest in Jesus, and we cease from our works. We stop working for ourselves. Are you with me today? We stop working for ourselves. We, we, we stop trying to provide for ourselves. We stop trying to provide for ourselves. We, we are working on building the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of your name. Not the kingdom of Ortiz or Lopez or Gonzalez or Garcia, which is half the people. We're building the kingdom of God. I'm not working for myself. I'm working for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so if you're working for yourself, it's hard. I mean, you, if, if you're starting a business to make money for yourself, that's hard. That's work. That's toil. That you, you, you hurt people along the way. You, you do things that... For the bottom line, you just, the, the bottom line matters and, 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 you know, you might get some, some prosperity, but you bet, you better be the best tomorrow. You can't rest because someone else is rising up. It's going to take your business, going to take your clientele, going to do a better job than you. And you're always living in fear. Oh, I got a good deal. Praise God for that good deal. Oh, but I better, I, but, you know, what if that deal's taken away from you? Always afraid, always walking in the negativity, always stressed. You know, you're supposed to rest in the Lord where you are not your provider, but your God is your provider. You rest in the Lord where you're not living for yourself, but you're living for God. If you think your job and your business is, is who... Who is your God or who is your provider? You're living for the wrong God. You're going to be disappointed when that God dies. 
Your business is not your God. Your boss is not your God. Stop treating him that way. You treat him with honor, you treat him with respect, but if he requires more than that, you made him your God because you allowed the pressure of man to cause you to sacrifice and to, uh, to, to pull you down to a level that you don't really want to go. You allowed man to, to shape you in an image that they want you to be, not the word of the Lord and not God. How many of you serve the Lord? I'm asking that question. How many of you serve the Lord? Say, I serve the Lord. I serve Jesus Christ. Jesus is my Lord. That's who I serve. So we're not chasing a paycheck. We're not chasing a job. We're not chasing provision for the family. We're not chasing after those things. Those things, his word says he provides for us. And my God is faithful. Your Jesus is faithful. Your God is faithful. Your Father is good. Amen. And so when we accept all Jesus has done for us by faith, we know that he will provide for us. By faith, we are working to build his kingdom, not ours. Amen. Now go to Matthew chapter 11. I want to give you words because the word will change your life. Thank God for, for prophetic word. Thank God for a written word. Thank God for God's spoken word. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus is speaking to us. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus, first he says that rest, well, first I want, I want you to understand rest is a promise from the Lord. It's a promise from the Lord. And so he invites us, he says, come to me. He said, come to me, come where I'm at, everyone who labors and who is heavy laden. So your work, you know, like if you're working for increase, you're working to provide for yourself, you're working just to, to pay off your debts, you're, you, you, you see all that as like, this is what I'm doing to get there. This is what I'm doing to provide for my needs. That is, is, is that work, that is labor, and that takes away your strength. There's no rest there. So Jesus said, listen, if you're working for those things and you're working to establish yourself, you're working to make yourself, you know, to provide something little for your family, you're working for the wrong thing. He says, come to me, all who are working for themselves. And then it says, and those that are heavy laden, everybody say heavy laden. Heavy laden is, how about work that's impossible for you to do well? Or even yet, how about debts that you can't pay off? It's like, it, it's, a, it's like a weight on your shoulder. Oh, I got the car, but now I got a car note that I can't pay. Oh, I got the house, but now I got a house note I can't pay. 
And it's a weight that's upon your shoulders. It, it's that, oh, I got the education. I got the degree. But I got a, I got a, a, a debt with a school that, that is in the hundreds of thousands that I can't pay. Heavy laden. Oh, yes, I, I look good on the outside. But, man, I'm being crushed. You just don't know the stress and the anxiety and the pressure that I'm feeling because of all that stuff that has been put on me just because I've been, I mean, how did I get in so much debt? I've been working 20 years, and yet I owe everybody everything. How does that happen? It's like trying to climb a mountain and never going up. But you find yourself lower than where you started from. How, how does that happen? Because the whole world is designed for you not to succeed and to be free. The whole world is designed to keep you under bondage, under that pressure, under that stress. The moment you try to, to, to live free, it's like the whole world attacks you. They attack you with, with, with advertisements trying to get you in debt. As soon as you get debt free, they try to give you more debt. They try to pull you back from something that God wants to set you completely free from. And we walk away. You know, it's, most people, you know, they, they, their shoulders are slouched. It's because, you know, a lot of times they just don't walk straight. It's just an expression of what's happening in the spirit. We're, we're heavy laden. We're burdened. And it, sometimes it's problems. Like one problem after another problem. After, and where a problem rises up and you're like, not again, not another one. Man, why me? Heavy laden. Jesus said, listen, if that's you. Come. If you're tired of that pressure, you're tired of that stress, you're tired of living with no victory, come on. Come to me. Amen? And he said, all. That means if that's you right now, you're welcome. The door is open. He's saying, come on over. Come on over. But pastor, you don't know who I am. It doesn't matter. Are you, does that define you? Are you heavy laden? Are you laboring? Come. Come to Jesus. Come. He's, he's, he's welcoming you. He's welcoming you to a new life with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go and, go and escort him. Thank you. Don't worry about him. Amen. They'll talk to them. Amen. And so, Labor is the burden we take upon ourselves, but heavy laden is the weight and burden others place upon you. Whether it's your workplace, your family, or even societal pressures, these are the, 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 the weights that are placed upon you. Amen? And so these things, you're not supposed to have them. That, that belongs to the world, but it doesn't belong to the body of Christ. Amen. And so today I want to talk to you about that today. Amen. When I was in school, I graduated from high school. I think one of the most difficult times in a person's life is when they graduate from high school. Because when I graduated from high school, when I graduated from high school, I had to make a decision of what my life was going to be. 
before my mom made that decision. She said, you're going to that school, you're wearing those shoes, and you're waking up at this time, and you're out of bed and out of the house. I made all, I mean, I mean she made all decisions. I mean, listen, let me just tell you, if, if you are younger than 30 years old, I grew up in a house where I didn't have a choice of the food to eat. My mom made one thing, and that's what you're going you're gonna to eat. She never came, she never said, oh, Kevin, what do you feel like eating? She just said, this is what you're going to eat. How many of y'all grew up in that house? Amen. How many of y'all missed that food? <laughs> I'll tell you, one of the greatest, one of the greatest battles of all mankind and the battles that, that keep on happening over and over is me and my wife, we fight all the time. We get in the car. Let's go out to eat. Okay. Where do you want to go? What do you feel like eating? Let's go eat a hamburger. I don't feel like eating a hamburger. Then you choose. No, you choose. All right. Let's go eat Chinese. I don't feel like eating Chinese. Am I choosing or what? How many of y'all have been in that fight? Oh, praise God. It was so much easier. When I was growing up, we had rice, beans, we had pork chops, chicken, fajitas every now and then, and I still miss it. Amen? I don't know how I got there. I was being delivered. But, you know, when I graduated high school, I had to decide what I was going to do, where I was gonna, if I was going to go to college, where I was going to go to college. I had op op opportunities. But the pressure of it was so much because I didn't want to mess up my life. You know, I could have done, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. And the, it just kept on weighing and weighing and weighing on my shoulders. And so I went to church when nobody was there. And I just stood in the back of the church, and I just closed my eyes and lifted my hands, and, and I began to talk to God. You, you know you're in trouble when you're talking to God, right? Not, not now, not, now that you're saved, but when, when you were growing, you know. And I just started, I said, God, I don't know what to do. I, this is tough. This, this, I, I need your help. And as I had my hands up and I began to cry out to God, I literally felt the Holy Spirit walk in, and I felt his presence behind me, and I felt as if his arms wrapped around me, where my arms were lifted up like this, but when he began to wrap his arms around me, I, I, I went into his embrace. And then all the stress and the anxiety and the pressure was lifted completely off my shoulders. I still did not know what I was going to do. But here's the thing I did know. I knew that whatever I was going to do, that he was the one that was going to direct my steps. That he was the one that was going to be with me. Amen? 
And so all that pressure left me, all that stress, all that anxiety left me because he is the one that, that, that strengthened me in his presence. Amen. That, you have to understand, when Jesus says, come to me, he says, those that are heavy laden in labor, and, and then he says, for, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Living for yourself is impossible. But living for Jesus is the easiest life you will ever experience. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of, of obstacles and a lot of battles that you will face. But when you are walking with Jesus, it, it is easy. It is very easy to live a life with Jesus. When you have a problem, you know where the answer is. When you go through a struggle, you know the one that has the victory is with you. When you don't know what to do, he will die direct your steps. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. When you look at old times, they used to do the plowing of the field. They would get one ox, and if they needed more strength, they would put two oxes together, and they would walk together, and they would get that machine moving in that direction. The Bible, Jesus is saying, I want you to get attached to me just like that. My yoke is easy. You are yoked together with Christ, amen? You are not separated with Christ. Christ is with you. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is with you. And if Jesus is with you, how can you be defeated? How can you, how can you lose? How can you be overcome? Be overcome. He's not, whatever trouble, whatever struggle, whatever battle you might fight, it's not bigger than you because you are with Christ Jesus. You have victory, amen? And then the word of God says, and his burden is light. His burden is, is the call of God on your life. The call of God in your life. Some of you might, might be called in the workplace, in ministry of workplace. Some of you might be called as preachers and teachers and, and ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of you might be called in the arts where you create atmospheres of worship. Whatever the call of God uh, is on your life, that, that, that labor is easy when you, it's in Christ. It doesn't mean you don't sacrifice. It doesn't mean you don't work. We do all those things. We do all those things, but what it means is that God is the one that equips you and strengthens you and anoints you to do what you're called to do. Aaron prophesied because he's anointed a prophet, prophet, to, to be a prophet. Veronica preached because she's anointed to preach. Vanessa preached because she's anointed to preach. I'm standing up here ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ because I've been strengthened by the Holy Ghost to do what I'm called to do. This is the labor in the Lord. That whatever you're called to do, he will anoint you to do it. My brother Randy, he cuts hair. I can't cut hair. He's anointed to do that. If I, Hannah, she cuts hair. I don't cut hair. She can make you look beautiful. I can make you want to go to her. <laughs> Say, I'm anointed by the Holy Ghost. To do the work of the kingdom. Because we're no longer serving ourselves. I'm not, I, listen, you are, you are free from poverty in Jesus' name. There's no more lack in your house in the name of the Lord. You live in the kingdom of God now. The kingdom of God is in you. By faith, all your needs shall be supplied in Jesus' name. Amen. And so the call of God is, 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 is easy. Amen. It's light. His burden is light. Amen. You know, we don't do anything for God. 
He does the work through us. He does the work through us. I mean, half the time I'm preaching, I'm like, wow, I just said that. That's good. I got to rehear that. Because I'm not the one doing it. I'm not the one that, that so people will say, oh, I see Jesus in you. That's exactly who I want you to see. Because I definitely don't want you to see Kevin. I want you to see Jesus. That means his anointing has covered me. His anointing, his power has been upon me to do what God's called me to do. Go with me to Acts chapter 1. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 1, beginning verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Israel, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you, say me, shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of rest. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of rest. Jesus commanded the disciples to wait and receive the promise of the Father, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost will give us power to do the works of Jesus. In the spirit, it is easy. In the spirit, it is easy. It's very tough for you to do it on your own. It's very tough for you to live a life of victory. It's very tough for you to be a good father, good husband, good mother, good, good brother, good sister. It's very tough because when you live for yourself, you're always looking at yourself on what you do not have. And you look at others as maybe they have something that you need and you're trying to take it from them. Just like a sale. And so always looking at others that they have what you need, you create things and you do things to try to get what they have so that what they have, they no longer have, but now you have. And so instead of operating in love, you operate in some sort of marketing and deception. But when you walk in the spirit, you recognize that Jesus has already given you everything. That you lack nothing. That you don't need more money. You don't need more, more uh, a sensation. You, you, you don't need more drugs. You don't, you, don't, you don't need nothing. You have it all in Jesus. I receive it all by the Holy Spirit. That when I just start worshiping God, he pours out his spirit upon me. And he starts to refresh my spirit. He gives me strength. And then the spirit of God begins to direct my steps. And he gives me the wisdom of what I must do for the day. And so I step out in obedience to his word. And I do what he tells me to do. And as I do what he tells me to do, his works begin to flow through my life. And his blessings begin to flow through my life. And instead of me seeing the things that I do not have... I see all that Jesus has, and I start releasing that upon others. And as I release it upon others, those things that I, that I might have needed somehow were just provided. Somehow it just took care of it. The money that I needed, the favor I needed, the, the, the wisdom that I needed, the spirit of wisdom comes upon me. The Holy Ghost begins to give me knowledge and wisdom. The direction that I need, the spirit of God just gives it to me. 
Even the, even the, 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 the wife you'll marry or the, or the husband you'll marry, the Spirit of God will speak to you and give you direction and unite you, you two together. So you don't have to live thinking, man, why, when, why not me? You can live free and say, praise the Lord, I get to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And at the right time, at the right season, that spouse is coming. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. But you're not separated from the Lord. You are together with Him. But that power, that power has to be upon your life. Baptism in the Holy Ghost is not an option. Let me say that so everyone will hear. Baptism in the Holy Ghost is not an option. It's the plan of Jesus Christ. He didn't say, listen, if you feel like it, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He directed, you know, when the Holy Spirit, before the Holy Spirit, he spoke to, before the Holy Spirit, the disciples, they would run away. They hid themselves after Jesus was crucified. They were in fear. They were in pain. When Peter was confronted, I saw you with Jesus. There wasn't me. But when they waited upon the Holy Ghost and they got baptized in the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost, they began to speak with a new tongue and they received the power of heaven upon their life to change this world. They went out into the streets. And instead of them running away from people, they begin to shout from the street corners and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And one day, 3,000 people came to Jesus Christ. Miracles, signs and wonders. See, the disciples became the apostles because of the Holy Ghost. What great person you will be when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You need the Holy Ghost. What will happen to your business if you allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you? What will happen to your family if you allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you? What will happen to your city and your nation if you allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you? Because you know what the Holy Ghost does? He lights fire. He puts His fire upon you. And when His fire is upon you, you know you got this power. And you, you, you literally sense it. You feel it. You, you're walking in it. And you just can't keep your mouth shut. You can't stop but to tell everybody about God. Amen. But pastor, I got this addiction. You get baptized with the Holy Ghost and you get on fire for God, that addiction won't even be part of your life no more. You'll look at that. Who is that? I don't know. <laughs> Say, I need the Holy Ghost. And not just one time, but constant refreshing of the Holy Spirit. That's why worship, oh man, when you come and you start worshiping, it's like, woo, I needed that. Because as you lift your hands up before, before heaven, he pours out his spirit more and more and more. Kind of reminds you that you belong to him. Reminds you that you have a, a life, an abundant life in Jesus Christ. You need the Holy Ghost. Amen. What did Jesus say 
after he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus didn't walk in power and authority under anointing until he received the Holy Ghost. After he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, he came back from the wilderness and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captives, and bring sight to the blind. If Jesus needed it, how much more do you need it? Pastor, how do I get it? By faith. I believe, I receive, and I act. Amen? Hallelujah.